to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Hello, listener, and welcome to the Big Red Couch, episode 84. Here in Woodgreen, London, I am Craig, and in an undisclosed super-secret location in New Zealand... Is Ben. It's still my living room. It always has been my living room. I don't know why you built it up so much. It's it's pretty secret. Um, it's a little bit secret. <laughs> I, I'm not sure that's even relevant, but fair enough. Okay, I couldn't remember the suburb name, okay? I didn't want to say it. There you go. Then you forget Sunny Nook. It's so, so twee and dreadful. Actually, it's not, a sec- it's not as secret as Woodgreen. I've never heard of Woodgreen. And, you know, there are big chunks of London that are semi-famous cultural, like, touchstones. Woodgreen? Even the name is kind of... Actually, Mr. Woodgreen would be a good espionage name, I think. Well, in this case, it's two words. It's Woodgreen. Though, amusingly, the only wood I can see out, out the window is green. But that is because of the moss growing on the otherwise visually dead tree. Because it's winter. Otherwise, what I'm looking at is brick and mirror glass. Nice. Nice, indeed. <laughs> Though, Wood Green, I I will gleefully admit I picked this, this current hostel purely because I went down the list of places that had rooms available, and this was one that was close to a tube station. Also called Wood Green, because they like to keep it simple. Yeah. It turns out this is right near Alexandra Palace. What's that when it's at home? With a flag on top of it. It is a, um, it was basically a broadcasting hub. It was built as a, mm. a broadcasting hub, similar to the Crystal Palace for the south of London. Oh, right. It actually cropped up in an episode of Doctor Who. The recent one? The recent one. It was a Tenant and, mm. um, mm. Tenant and Piper Doctor Who episode. Late Tenant one, right? Yes, yep. yes, I think I, I recall. So there you go, a little bit of history. I've even seen the sign, so if I get terribly, terribly carried away, I even might go and look at it. <laughs> you tourist, you. Yeah. Looking at things. Well, the other option is that I um, wander around the hostel, try to find the Wi-Fi router and kick the crap out of it, because this is about the third time we've done this introduction. Around about that. I think we've very conclusively discovered that while Skype eats ass, it does cope with shittier internet connections better than other services. That is true. I mean, it is coping with this this internet connection. I haven't We haven't yet gone to streaming, you know, using my phone as a, uh, a Wi-Fi hotspot. But that day is coming, listener. It will be a glorious day. Or more to the <laughs> point, if you thought this was bad, you ain't seen nothing yet. Indeed. So, we have like a semi-inspiration for this one, don't we? The Big Red Christmas episode? The Big Red Christmas episode. Yeah, semi-inspiration. We had some suggestions from the audience, the, the, the long-suffering audience, to do with things that could be done on the episode. But also because this thing is dropping, well, New Zealand time, it's dropping on the 23rd. Everywhere else, it's dropping late on the 22nd, I believe. Very timely. Right in time for yeah. people to go, Arg, I have no time to listen to podcasts. I will put them off until afterwards. Yes. Though this could be the sort of thing that people listen to as they drive to some sort of family, some sort of family get together. And I'm projecting my own Christmas experience onto the rest of the planet at this point. 
since that that was the the bulk of my Christmas experience. Driving endlessly to go to some location you weren't sure you wanted to go to? Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Well, Derek, projecting your own experiences of the holidays on other people is pretty much the point of the holidays, I think. There, There was the one year where I was, from a certain point of view, hoping that there would be some kind of environmental emergency, because I was technically on call, and if... Yeah, it would be the one time in the world where I would would have been able to, to sort of answer the phone, stand up and say, I'm sorry, I must leave. New Zealand's conservation estate needs me. And then just sort of race out. Sadly, it didn't happen, and I didn't think of faking it. Would have been a beautiful moment. And we would, totally would have conspired with you to make some sort of important-sounding phone call. Mm, didn't think of it. Ah, oh, well. Lost opportunities. Fair enough. It happens. It's a time for reflection. All right, So, so how should we do this? I mean, we had some... We had a kind of a gaming riff from Ketamono, and we had a, a, a thematic suggestion from Will. Yeah, we can roll those out. I mean, it's a, it's a busy time of the year, and we're glad of any contributions to people can make. So, mm. All right, well, sorry, my beard just got caught in the microphone, so that suggests that I'm getting into the Christmassy theme of things. You're going full sea captain, are you? Um, I'm going to be honest... It's less sort of grizzled sea captain or Santa Claus, and a little bit more, why has that man strapped a squirrel to his chin? <laughs> Fair enough. Not going to lie, I was hoping for the grizzled sea captain look, but my beard has other plans, sadly. Just one of those things. I'm pretty sure it's not an actual squirrel who's just hiding for the winter. <laughs> pretty confident. And I have wandered through Hyde Park, and those little guys are sneaky. Yes. All right. So, shall I bring up Ketamono's suggestion on the grounds that it has um, it, it has a vibe to it? Fair enough. Okay. Because what Ketamono suggested was effectively Indiana Jones and Santa's workshop. Right. With such suggestions as, Indy, why does the floor move? Give me a torch. And he takes the torch and drops it in, and a chorus of high-pitched voices complain about catching fire. Elves. Why did it have to be elves? Oof, Santa's elves. Very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> so, the idea that rather than the Ark of the Covenant, or whatever fancifully researched archaeological treasure India's after, it is Santa's workshop. Yes. Okay. Right. There was more to this, but I, I think we can... I'll, I'll put it in the show notes to encourage people to go and read the show notes. <laughs> also because it's, it's pretty funny, but you need to be able to do about three different voices, and I can't. So, and i got to assume that he is also racing Nazis for the prize, because that's what he does. Indeed. You've got to be racing Nazis, otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, that was my wondering about it, that the if the Third Reich is chasing after Santa's workshop, you know, partially, if we're going with that whole bizarre Nordic quasi-theology Ooh, thing. Hold your moment. You might want to move your microphone stalk. I'm hearing possible beard interference. Okay, hang on a sec. How's this? Better? Move your mouth a bit. This is me moving my mouth. I am enunciating. There was, less, there was less scraping and Okay, so that's good. Yes, I mean, what... What El- Santa's elves, very dangerous, you go first, brought to my mind was the, the, the race against the Nazis, who sort of simultaneously buying into the whole horrifying Nordic Ubermensch bullshit, also went with the whole Santa equals Odin thing. 
Surely the Nazis will, will assume that sort of thing because they got the shit badly wrong a lot of the time. Mm. The idea of the Third Reich attempting to seize Santa's workshop as a means of industrial production. Mm. It can allegedly make, you know, toys for millions and million upon millions of good little boys and girls, and they just want them to be like good little boys and girls of the Wehrmacht. Yes, and they want them to be dangerous toys. Yes, indeed. If you can build a rocking horse, you can build a tank. That follows. No, it doesn't. But I could totally buy the Third Reich crazy occult uh, investigation team selling that. Yes. And a desperate desperate quest to get to the workshop. Actually, that, that, that prompts in my mind a problem and a solution. You know, unless you're, you are running one of the Happy Jacks podcasts, Harrison Ford's games, where you play all of the incarnations of Harrison Ford's. Nice. Which sounds like hilarious, by the way, but if you are just, if you're just playing indie, you might have quite a small team. But you could roll in other people who have battled the Nazis for mystic treasures, like Hellboy. Captain America. And, and make it, make it a real, a real all-star action squad. So, Hellboy, Indiana Jones, Captain America, Team up to battle the Nazis. Yeah, you could probably find a few more people who, who, who's you know the iconic images of them are them clobbering Nazis, and there's, there's got to be a few more that I'm not thinking of right away. Mm. Biggles, Biggles, Biggles. Maybe? I'm not sure if he punched Nazis. I'm sure he would have wanted to. Hmm. Folks like that, they've realised this is the the ultimate power, the ultimate means by which they can carry out their dastardly plans. And yep. The, the the heroes have to have to stop them. I'm not gonna lie, I would play in that game. I, I know you're a a pretty big Mike Manola fan, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah, this will be extra bit of interest there. Okay, especially since depending on era, if we're going with very, you know, if we're going with World War Two Nazis, not not current day Nazis, then you've got. It's painful that we have to make that distinction, isn't it? Okay, I had been thinking of it in more of the Marvel Universe Hydra thing rather than... Oh, right. <laughs> certain political groupings. Rather, yeah, rather than the alt-right. But, yeah, fair call. I was just, just thinking that, you know, based on the timelines, if they're, they're battling Nazis and you've got a... Um, you've got Dr. Jones. You've got Captain mm-hmm. America. You've got Biggles, who... He'll he'll be a world war. He's a sort of World War One um, veteran, so he's gonna be oof, he's gonna be pushing, if not in his fifties at this point. And then you've got Hellboy, who's probably six. That would be fun, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's probably grown a, a bit faster than most kids, but you know he is at best gangly and awkward, and has a gigantic stone hand. Yeah, and prophecies about being the king of hell or something. I'm hoping they kept that out of his way at least until the end of puberty. Yeah, true. <laughs> Nobody needs that pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, that would be that would be kind of interesting. Well, um, yeah, it would be difficult to take seriously, but I think any game in which you're battling the um, the Nazis to win control of or to simply protect Santa's workshop is uh, your seriousness quotient is not high as as a baseline. No. Yeah, that 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 would be pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I kind of want to play in that game. Hmm. So yes, festive it up, 
as, as much as possible. Throw in a bit of a melange of different characters. Make it as nutty as possible. Yep. And thinking about it, I thought of another angle you could take on it. If you wanted to do more of a, a, a paranormal investigation game and you went with... There's kind of a, there's, there's a, a trope, for want of a better word, for some Christmas films where, I mean, The Nightmare Before Christmas is a classic example, but also one of my personal favourites, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Of course. Is, is right up there. Has the whole thing where Santa Claus is just, just a recognised thing that person that exists and in Santa Claus conquers the Martians he's being interviewed so I'm imagining a circumstance where the Third Reich has attempted to um, take over Santa's workshop has actually succeeded so the war isn't going well but then people start noticing that the gifts that arrive at Christmas are really weird like this is my wooden candy striped tiger 2 tank that Santa brought me why did Santa bring me this? You know, why does my doll have an SS uniform on? And it's the elves attempting to get a message out that something is terribly wrong. Yes. Or if you're working in, in the universe where it's accepted, you know, like in like many children's sort of presentations, that Santa is a guy who has this unusual job. <laughs> you know, he could actually, you know, rock up to the... Um, United Nations or something. Oh, they made that after the Second World War, didn't they? The League of Nations? Le- League Someone. of Nations? <laughs> I think there was the Le- League, League of, of Nations. Nations. And, and complained that, you know, his sovereign territory has been has been invaded. You know, it's like, dude, red suit. Why would we believe him? He looks like a Coca-Cola advertisement. And then suddenly they start realising that, wait a second, may- maybe the elves, their, their manufacturing abilities, are perfectly capable of making you, your your messes and your 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 tanks and so forth it's just they have to be festive otherwise it doesn't work so yes when the uh, the german war effort appears to be entirely more um tinselly and candy striped and covered with baubles than it used to be wait a second <laughs> yes tell me did that skull logo used to have googly eyes Yes, so everything is, as long as everything is thematically is decorated appropriately, they can build anything. So it is the world's most colourful tank assault. Yes. As you might put it, uh, Donna und Blitzenkrieg. Oh, why are you like this? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't have any excuses. <laughs> or shame. Oh, shame, apparently. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, in that case, in that case, I'm definitely going to be going to be linking a picture in the show notes because I was I was staying a few weeks ago in in Greenwich. I've, I've kind of been moving into and out of the same hostel because it gets filled up in the weekends a lot of the time. So you kind of have to find somewhere else. So there is this grand shuffling of people in and out over the course of the weekend. I was in Greenwich. They've decorated it with lots of lights including the famous ship, the Cutty Sark. They've decorated the rigging, including putting the the very standard, simple line-drawing Christmas tree in the rigging, which, if you take a photo from just the right angle, does make it look like a ship that's about to set sail on some very strange Yuletide. <laughs> ah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of setup for a very awful joke. It's how we roll. And to members of the audience, you knew what you were getting in for. 
<laughs> says episode 84. Nobody here is innocent. Indeed. <laughs> All right. So that was, yeah, Indiana Jones and Santa's Workshop. That would be a lot of fun. As a wacky setup for a game, the idea that, yes, that the late winter offensive on a given year has turned out to be entirely more tinselly and strewn with coloured lights than anyone was expecting. We are picking many more baubles out of people in the medical tent than in any previous conflict. Indeed. Mm, I suppose I should throw in at this point that I have I have glanced through but haven't done a thorough reading of the beta I don't know what the correct term is. Basically the one of the one of the drafts of the Dresden Files accelerated edition. Oh cool. You're on the Kickstarter for Fate Core, so it got Yeah. That was a good Kickstarter. It's still paying yeah, it's, all, it's just, it just stuff just keeps churning out. It's the gift that keeps on giving, which is kind of appropriate given the season. And there, I won't go into any spoilers, but there, there is a somewhat Santa Claus legend reference to one of the example characters in there, which does then make me think of a Dresden Files game, in which yeah, you know, either you set it in the in forties forties um, Dresden Files, which would be kind of fun in and of itself and do the mm. the Nazis take over Santa's workshop, or you sit it in modern day and go with somebody else has taken over the workshop. I just rather liked the idea of a somewhat bruised and battered, battered Santa Claus supported by a couple of elves uh, turning up at Harry Dresden's door asking for help. That would be kind of the crowd he runs with. Mm. People turning up needing help, but for the most ridiculous reasons. And so. Yeah, I could see that being a Dresden Files very Christmas episode. Yeah, one of those ones where at the end of the, the episode, the person wakes up on their couch, and it was all just a dream, except the radio flyer wagon that they'd always wanted is now sitting underneath the suddenly much brighter Christmas tree. That that sort of thing is is where we're going? I mean... Well, in all likelihood, the, the episode wouldn't be very special for Harry Dresden, because, man... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely the level of supernatural weirdness he engages with, and you know discovering that there is a Santa Claus would be kind of like, huh, all right. <laughs> yeah, Bob, why didn't you tell me? Oh, that would break the surprise. <laughs> There's rules about these things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah, or possibly most, yeah, most wizards have figured it out by now, but I figured you were just a late bloomer. Indeed. All right, so, well, I think we've, we've done terrible, terrible things to that idea. I do like the All-Star team. I've got an idea, but it doesn't have much of sh- much shape yet, unfortunately. I was going to try and go all, like, Highland Bavarian pagan approach to it. Okay, are we talking sort of Krampus and... Exactly. Except the idea would be that, rather than, you know, Krampus as a, as a, as a mythological and you know, cultural figure is making quite a comeback at the moment. There's even a musical. I did not know this. Why didn't you know this? You're thinking. Yeah, why didn't I know this? Internet, you have failed me. Indeed. But I like the idea of the the agents of Krampus. Krampus has basically been ensconced to run a, not exactly retributive, but a very, a, basically an auditing branch of an organization or a government. Kind of like the IRS, but more birchy. <laughs> okay. Of all the ways you could have ended that sentence, that was not the one I was expecting. Well, yes, they, they, they turn up with the, the bundles of sticks and so forth. 
but they're actually kind of Krampus needs to be an acronym, a really bad acronym, I suspect. I was thinking that. What 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 is Krampus? And we're thinking sort of the man from Uncle and mm, mm. yeah, okay. But yes, they take corporations or organisations to task for, for for bad practices. The idea the idea of um, giving Krampus a more structured kind of role in society seems it appeals to me in an odd way. So he's not just yeah, it's not just about kidnapping children and beating them with sticks. It's about sending a message. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I feel bad even having this conversation, and yet I have no intention of stopping. <laughs> I'm sure they've given him a bit more of a, um, you know, a, a socially responsible subject to pursue. Mm. So the IRS or some sort of, ooh, it could be like a, like an EPA auditor or something like that. But this is a world where maybe it's like a small god situation where mythological figures have been falling on hard times, have been unable to sort of like keep belief and power and so forth and in, in, in the ways they've been come accustomed to you know occasional showing up at like a, an annual event and going boogity boogity wasn't wasn't really working for them anymore so they had to get government jobs they became civil servants except in this case the agent of krampus and yet yeah, definitely needs a it definitely needs a an awful backronym mm. agents of krampus are out there monitoring yeah, they started out by simply monitoring levels of global naughtiness <laughs> and and ad- administering appropriate corrective measures, but eventually came to the conclusion that a one-year blitz simply wasn't cutting it and that too many people were were tweaking the metrics by being complete assholes most of the year and then suddenly cleaning up their act around the same time that the tinsel comes out. Right, so very, very the traditional small child's approach to forgetting that adults have memories thing. Pretty much, yeah. That is also very seasonal. I like it. Okay, I'm just loving the idea of some sort of... Okay, what I'm basically imagining is Gordon Gecko from the movie Wall Street, original, not sequel slash remake, having a worried a worried secretary sort of looking in and saying that, uh, you know, with a, with a business card from uh, one of the agents of Krampus, who has just arrived for a, a naughtiness audit. <laughs> And just watching the smug smile fade off his face. I'm not sure where to go with that, but it's a lovely image. Also, would they would they have the big? I mean, I'm imagining because you see the pictures from various of the Scandinavian uh, and 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 other Krampus parade, for want of a better word, uh, countries of the 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 giant hairy figure in the costume. I'm just imagining that, but in a suit. Yes, yes. So you've got Krampus himself. He, he turns up for the sort of the, the, the pronouncement kind of mm. thing. But everyone's in very, very proper men in black kind of suits, including Krampus, who just can't, doesn't quite fit. <laughs> it's tailored and everything, but still hair poking out at odd angles. And Yes, with a, with a, with a very severe side part. <laughs> Full body side part. Yeah, he's doing his best. Yeah, he's, he's, definitely, he's definitely making an effort that is indisputable. I like it. I think that's fantastic. Mm. Well, that, it kind of, it actually, you gave me a little bit of inspiration while we were battling with the um, the interwebs. You mentioned that you had people's apprehension of New Zealand as a society being a little bit hobbit-blown. A little bit? Only some of them. But yeah, I have r- run into a few people who just consider it to be this this paradise on Earth, only um, slightly less utopian than the Shire. <laughs> 
I gotta say that it's got it's got some bright points, but yes, there's uh, definite difficulties. Low corruption is, is, is an upside. Yeah. Certainly better than some of the stories I have heard from immigrants who've gone on about places like South Africa and the like. Yes, I have worked with a bunch of people over the years from from South Africa, from the former uh, Yugoslavia, from Iraq. They quite liked New Zealand. Mm. I imagine it was great and more peaceful for a lot of them. That was my impression, yes. And that that is a fine thing. Okay, so that gave you the idea. Okay, excellent. Yay. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. There was kind of battery around inside my head, so the idea of going for... Try, trying out the, the Krampus tradition might be might be an interesting thing. But the idea of normalising his role in society as being less of a, a festively appropriated heathen deity is uh, actually running a running an organization and trying to keep up with you know hr and you know sort of public standing and the like with the right system you could have an enormous amount of fun of just just the meanderings within the organization sort of okay so this person yeah so we'll just yeah, put them down for a um, standard sack abduction and burn and and birching. We're not really allowed, really allowed to do that anymore. What? Uh, some health and safety regs involved. We've got to give them some warning and some workplace counselling first. Okay. Does the counselling involve <laughs> birching in any way? No. Sacks? Fred not. <sighs> stomp, 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 stomp. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I guess that, that was probably inspired me is the start of the second season of Lucifer, which isn't quite like that, but has got sort of amusing parallels. I have to admit at this point that I haven't actually seen Lucifer. The lead actor's smirking carries pretty much the entire show, but the show is pretty good nonetheless. Okay, excellent. So it's a, it's a smirk-based um, show. It's important. Uh, it's a straw. It's one of the central pillars. The the the, the gentleman. Wandering around claiming to be Lucifer Morningstar in all his glory, um, and being like monstrously unaware of him of what he's doing. Hmm. But well, his his levels of self awareness are a little bit uh, iffy. Gotcha. He's slowly learning, which is cute at very least. <laughs> and from the sound of it, there is a cat in the background who has views on. Yeah, she's just wandering around making little wailing noises when things aren't exactly right. That's kind of how cats work, yes. Um. So, what else? I mean, we had some sort of suggestion about what the um, best presents your RPG characters could receive, and it's like, hmm, that would involve telling you about our, our characters, and I don't think I'm... That was the downside of that. It would turn very quickly into, let me tell you about my character, he's a demon gnome with a magic staff, and that way lies madness and ooze. Indeed. There was the suggestion uh, of holiday songs, Christmas carols, whatever, as RPG plots. And it was only last night that I, I realised that from a certain point of view, Winter Wonderland and Jingle Bells are telling a couple of different sides of the same story. Uh-huh. From a very specific point of view, that point of view being, this is a person who was talking complete bollocks. Right. Just, just so that we're clear. And, and this is not even using the, um, yeah, the obvious one of the, the lyric of what fun it is to laugh and sing a slaying song tonight. 
Fair enough. Yeah, not touching that one, but yeah, if anybody wants to run a, a Christmas-themed horror game, I got an idea for you. It's barely been used. Indeed, indeed. Nobody has ever touched that apart from, well, practically everybody. Well, yeah, 80s VHS exploitation horror. Yes. yes. <laughs> a lot. What came to mind is that, you know, Winter Wonderland, you've got the the description of people walking in a snow-covered landscape. There's the implication that there's... There's the implication that there really isn't anybody else around, to the extent that these people are building snow snow figures and pretending that they're members of the community. Mm-hmm. Which... It makes me think, yeah, if you wanted to go really, really dark, then we've got the Ice Age has struck, and these are some of the few survivors, and they're all that's left. I'm not sure how you make a fun game out of that, to be brutally honest. There is a a very evocative-sounding game called, I think it's Ten Candles, where you play with either real candles or, or, you know, LED tea lights or something. Ten of them. And no other light source. And as you tell your story of the the end times coming, you turn the lights out. Okay, that's creepy. Oh yeah, it sounds super creepy. <laughs> kind of cool. And yes, I think you'd have to go with the tea light candles, because most of the gamers I know would be just constantly playing with those damn things. Okay, ten candles. I have I have heard of that from somewhere, but I can't remember where. Or I'm confusing it with a 90s teenage movie. Either's possible. So yeah, I was I, I was looking at... Winter Wonderland, trying to think of a way of it not being horrifying and creepy. And my salvation came in the form of something from one of the Warhammer 40k novels. Okay. Where what you... Sorry, that's my my skepticism engaging. I'm right there, lockstep with you, brother. It only cropped up for a little bit in, in one of the novels, and I can't even remember which, which, for want of a better word, line... It was. Probably probably one of the Inquisitor ones. In any case, you had a planet that has a sufficiently eccentric orbit that for a lot of the time it's winter. And so basically the population just goes into into these enormous, well-insulated buildings filled with hibernation chambers and just sleeps away the however many years of of winter um, happen before coming out again once it warms up. And so Winter Wonderland kind of made me think of, okay, the maintenance crew, the the, the people who make sure that uh, you know, the generator or whatever it is is, is properly fueled up and kind of deal with any situations that come up, that I wasn't 100% sure how you make a game of... Winter maintenance schedule the RPG um, until I noticed that you know jingle bell jingle bells and you've got people dashing through the snow you know laughing all the way you know, we'll skip the um, the slaying song um, and that kind of thing or just sort of the combination of the two and just imagine that you've got these the 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 maintenance crew who are pretty bored they've gone out for a walk presumably with sort of respirator and warm warm weather gear because you know i don't know maybe the temperature's got down to the point that you're sort of trekking through the oxygen slush or or whatever or making sublimation angels and then somebody's gone somebody else is on the planet somebody's nicked something and goes racing by in a stolen vehicle 
I thought, okay, there's there's the actual game that basically somebody's just nicked a fairly vital thing from your uh, your storehouse, for want of a better word. Everybody's going to be completely screwed or maybe dead if you don't get it back. And the resources you have are you guys. Go. I quite like I quite like that idea. The idea that some sort of pirate raid and and you know you suddenly you have to go and get the 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 doohickey that stops the that will allow you to thaw the um the rest of the colony. Yeah, yeah the the water chip or the the MacGuffin, whatever it is. Yeah, mm. I have another take on it, but it would be it would direct it would directly be a horror game. What I was thinking of is um, the possibility that you could have um, someone wakes up in one of these 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 worlds and you know discovers that the the places the places that is is like internally iced over and the 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 maintenance guy has clearly gone a bit potty because there's all of these like snow sculptures around that are you know that, that look like your 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 the, the neighbors and inhabitants of the um, of the little of the little settlement. And they realise that, you know, they should have been, like, the last people woken up. They're right at the back of the chamber. And all the other pods are open. You may need to spell this one out, but it's kind of creepy. They're not They're not ice statues. Oh. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, that is not good. Not sure where you go with that, apart from lots of running and screaming. But, yeah. Running work. and screaming would, would work nicely. That does sound like a running and screaming being stalked by a... Yeah, ridiculously tough psycho uh, kind of kind of game to be honest maybe you don't come out of cryostasis in the best of shape and you're just trying to survive for long enough to um, get your wits about you i am imagining people hiding by kind of <laughs> painting themselves white and holding a posture mm. oof that is a little creepy sort of walking out and finding that Oh, wow, he's been really busy making incredibly detailed... Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. No, he's posing them in tableaus. That can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's never a good sign. Oh, look, he set up a little market scene. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that could... Well, fun is entirely the wrong word, but um, those could be fun. Um, Cool. Yeah, I don't know about other... Chris, what's the word? Christmas Carol, Christmas Christmas Carol. I was blanking on the word Carol for some reason because I have not heard the Damned song yet. The trouble is, if I mention it, that may summon it. Indeed, indeed. We all know the one that you hear and you think, "Ah, shit!" It is definitely that time of year. Right. You'll have to send me an email afterwards just so that I can link it in the show notes so that people know what it is. But we shall not mention its name on air. It is forbidden to us. <laughs> Actually, it's probably a regional thing, but around here it's definitely that. Which is a weird choice, isn't it? And different world war, but more Germans. Yes, and once again we're back to the Germans and Christmas. Well, I suppose it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. at the heart of it. I would yeah. be wrong not to mention the movie Rare Exports. Again, link in the show notes for um, a very different approach to Santa Claus. I've also heard recently on the Cinema Super Collider podcast um, a review of the apparently dazzling tale, Two Front Teeth, with Evil Santa and the ghastly zombie vampire something elves, and apparently is the most Christmassy movie ever, despite it being a schlocky exploitation horror. Huh. Okay. 
I, I have a jump back to the 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 Santa Claus Kurt turns up and asks for Harry Dresden's help. Mm. Uh, I recently listened to the Monkeys Took My Jetpack actual play of Funkadelic Frankenstein on the Mean Streets of Monster Town, which is a uh, a seventies monster exploitation setting for quags. I was just imagining Santa Claus turning up and asking the Prometheus Jones Detective Agency for assistance. I have no idea where you'd go with that, but it would be funky. You would go to town with that, I think, is the only logical step. Damn right. <laughs> okay, so... Ah, your signal on the Skypes has started to grade slightly. Oh, crap. Okay, so what are we, what are yeah. we sitting at? We're sitting at 51 minutes. Uh, God knows how much actual content is in there, but... Um... That's cool, that's cool. I can still make out what you're saying. It isn't doing the other thing where it would, like, withhold information and then spread what it had out for 20 seconds. Okay, that's worth knowing, and yeah, Skype does seem to be coping better than Zencaster, so that's always good. Yeah, eventually you'll settle down and you'll you'll find a job that pays you enough for VDSL or fibre, and you'll be all be someday. You'll settle down. You'll you'll find nice bandwidth. Settle down. Have router. <laughs> yes, that is, and that's what we look for in your future. Okay. Yep. Random pop culture stuff. I saw. Yesterday, an excellent anime movie called Your Name. Mm -hmm. It was wee bit sappy, but approached the... It's one of the best, most interesting takes on body swapping. And yes, it's an anime, so there was some classic anime tropes to go with there. And quite affecting. Very beautiful. Nice. Hmm. I I don't have anything anywhere near that that level of pop culture stuff about... But the only thing I, c- I can mention is that it turns out that there's a PDF edition of Time Watch available. So I think I know what my Christmas present to me is. Remind me, which was Time Watch? Done by Pelgrain Press. It languished in Kickstarter. Is this actually going to happen for a while? But it did make it out the other side. It's yeah, time agents fixing what other people have broken with time. Includes the, the canon character slash NPC you know, crops up in a bunch of the artwork of Skeg the Time Raptor, a somewhat humaniform, uh, intelligent, tool-using Velociraptor from an alternate timeline. Of course. Mm. <laughs> and that pretty much meant you gave them money. It, it certainly meant that when I noted that uh, Time Watch was one of the games that was being run at Gen Con, I dived on that immediately. Cool. Yeah, everybody everybody in that game was really psyched to be there, including a couple from Montreal who had... They were in on the Kickstarter. I'd, I'd missed the Kickstarter. They had left to go to Gen Con, and then as they were getting on the plane, received the email that said that the uh, book had been delivered to their place. Mm, right. Yeah. <laughs> so they were very excited... So, in the fullness of time, I will be getting myself a copy of that, because it does let you do a lot of the... let you do simply a lot of the the Bill and Ted. Okay, we need a distraction. All right. Once we've done this, remember to come back and do this. Mm. That kind of stuff. Awesome. No, there's, it's good someone's tackling that genre of temporal wackiness. It was pretty wacky. Or at least can be done pretty wacky. It could have just been the group I was with, but apparently our solution was to form a band and perform on the beach in Miami 
during spring break. It was just the only way of solving the problem. The fact that that trivially meant that we had to go off and learn how to play instruments was neither here nor there. That just happened. As long as you narrate the the turbulent backstory and the falling out and, and people's substance abuse problems while forming the band, then come back and do it. Pretty much, yeah. The fact that nobody seemed to notice that the, the lead singer was a velociraptor was a little weird. <laughs> I guess they assumed it was like a Lordy or Guar thing. Uh, it was 85, so yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense. Would be, it would be still a bit, bit, bit novel at that point. Though Kiss had been around for a while. True, true. It's not quite as novel as having an actual dinosaur for your um, lead singer, though. Mm. All right, so... With that little uh, diversion aside, I'm not sure we have anything... Do we have anything else in the way of content, or do we skip over into the, the thoughts for the, the for the next year of gaming? Well, it's temporarily relevant. Hmm. I think we've... Christmas is known as the dead zone for gaming, On obviously. There is, you know, family commitments and people moving places. It means games do tend to take a hit. I've just had a game rescheduled because somebody got a job, which is great news, but... Will mean things get moved around a bit. But also terribly personally inconvenient. Indeed. Now this, remind me, this was the Rifts... Mm, mm. Rifts setting mutants and masterminds rules? That's right. Yes. And I was surprised. I thought someone said, oh, they're running a Rifts game. And I went, really now? And then the pitch was actually coherent and interesting and leaned in the right direction on the ridiculousness of the entire setting and using a superhero system to underpin it is actually very sensible. So, yeah, it's been pretty interesting. Also, um, party are a com- it's a complete freak show of a party and I get to play the closest to the normal person. So, that's always funny. Okay. <laughs> what is the closest to normal in that party? Uh, a cashiered psychic coalition effectively a tornado chaser but for rifts huh yeah it's a pretty wacky party <laughs> that, that is out there so you've got your veteran of the psychic wars exactly all right yes oops sorry i nearly lost the headset there and by nearly i mean caught it before it hit the floor Good call. Hmm. So yes, that's interesting. So as far as, you know, New Year's resolutions, it would be... I've definitely got to run one of the Kickstarter games I got over the last couple of years. Or just things that I've picked up. I mean, I've got Rough Cut of the Rules for Mashed, which looks extremely interesting. It may be for a particular era of player, but that sounds cool. You, you would have to have grown up... Well, I would say during a particular period of time, but at least within New Zealand, that thing was on repeat so much that... Um... It's about two decades. I think I think it ran... I mean, the show itself lasted like twice as long as the actual war, and I think we got it back... The series played back to back. Pretty much. They would just loop it, as near as I could tell. Mm. And, and this was when we... This was when we had like two or three TV channels. So it wasn't like it was just buried on some network somewhere. <laughs> Nope, that show was relentless. Indeed. And holds up surprisingly well. The, um, the... I I started watching some of it recently, and Hawkeye's attitudes to women are really jarring these days. They may not, they may actually be entirely accurate 
for whichever time when it was made or when it was set. But golly, have we uh, we've we've moved on since then? We hope so. Yes, we do. We hope. We we really do. Mm. Yeah. So that would be definitely want to try some of these. I'd really like to run an apocalypse sort of game because that's uh, something I've been hoping to do for years. So try to engineer engineer those sorts of situations. I think the big one for me, because I cannot actually... I think the last game I ran was probably that Fringeworthy game. Mm. Uh, Savage Savage Fringeworthy game, which went okay but could have gone better. Yes, I, I would like to run more games. I think in order to do that, I'm either going to have to find a... Yeah, either find a steady job here in the UK or at least somewhere within Europe that uh, enables me to have a base of operations or build up my levels of not giving a rat's ass to the point where I can play and run a game out of an internet cafe or whatever and not care about the weird looks I'm getting. I'm not quite there yet. Mm. Also, some of the games you might get the police called on you. It's a... Internet cafe, you'd have to go pretty far. That is true, yes. Or act like a foreigner. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Technically, I am both a foreigner and not a foreigner at the same time. It's very confusing, at least here in the UK. Hmm. Indeed. Um, I, I did have somebody ask me where in Australia I was from, and I am still kicking myself that at the time I didn't think of saying, oh, it's this little island grouping off the East Coast. Wish I'd gone with that. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, live and learn. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, my own my own gaming gaming resolutions, run more stuff. I'd actually like to, if I can either get over the, the running a game where other people are listening in or can find a suitable place, to try going back to the first episode or episodes of Big Red Couch and just see whether I can do a one-session game for each episode. Hmm. Actually, that's an idea. Even just making up the um, the collateral for that. Hmm. That would be that would be an interesting challenge, wouldn't it? Just go back, pick a game. I mean, we're 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 here at mighty eighty four episodes, but you know, we could go back, revisit our favourite idea, and try and build up a little, enough, you know, sort of quick start collateral for something simple. Mm. Not you know the entire beastry for. Rollmaster or something for the for the setting, but yes, I mean, I'd, I would love to see what people, yeah, how the the president's Earth Chakra uh, is missing mm. game would have played out because I I really liked the one of our dinosaurs is missing Disneyfied version of that. <laughs> that yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Various of the colony spaceship ideas that tend to pop out with annoying regularity, at least where I'm concerned. That that would be the other one to um to, to take account of our various tropes and obsessions. Picadillos. Mm. Uh yeah, completely avoid the Picadillo line at the moment. <laughs> it, it was it was just a nightmare yesterday. It was crowded beyond belief. They they're not running a lot of trains at the moment or works are going on. I think the internet connection broke up again somehow. <laughs> <laughs> cool. oh, well we should we should look at that. I actually have some spare time. <laughs> Having squandered all of my my working hours this year, and not fastidiously actually booked any time off until I realised crap, we're running out of time to book time off in. So, so what? Your next back at work next this time next year kind of thing, or is it not quite that bad? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, 
I, I was I was left without a um, variety of choices, so I just went for bulk instead. Yeah. And man, it has been long delayed, so that's a, that's a very good thing. Yeah, acres of time stretching out before you. Which I'm not hoping not to squander completely. <laughs> it's very easy to do. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, it is the, the disadvantage of of New Zealand as as a place to to take holidays from is that everywhere's a really long way away. I do feel a twinge, or a, a fairly sizable twinge of sympathy for my colleagues who are f- from all over the world. It's like they have booked out large checks of time in the middle of the year because travelling back to home or to catch up with friends or go to a wedding, there are at least a, there's a week's travel time in there, approximately. Yeah. Whereas I was a couple of days ago privy to yeah, having a conversation with somebody who was attempting to decide where he was going to go for Christmas and was trying to decide between Czechoslovakia, Poland, or Kiev. It's nice to have choices. Indeed. It was just, it was such a weird moment because any of those, yeah, and this this is what he was deciding for, this is where I'm going to go next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's going to take quite a while to get used to, I think. The the immediacy of <laughs> the yeah the idea that there are places you can just go to and it's not a big deal and you don't have to book weeks in advance and and planned everything. You can just decide. Oh, I'm spending Christmas in Poland. Ta ta. It's pretty cool. Indeed, it is. Yes, everything becomes logistically more um, daunting, financially more daunting as well. But mostly, it's just the. 18 hours in a plane? Sure. Oh, I have to do it when I come again, when I come back? Ooh. <laughs> yep. Yep. New Zealand to the UK is about 24 hours of flying, no matter which way you go. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> it being a globe and all. Yep. You filthy flat earthers explained that to me. <laughs> mm. From personal experience, the 17 and a half hour direct flight uh, to Dubai is... Interesting once. <laughs> it's a really long time to be in a plane, even if you've got an aisle seat. Yeah. 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 Um, other than that, I do plan to I do plan to go to Gen Con next year. Mm-hmm. There was a question that came up on the Fear the Boot forums as to when we were going to be appearing at a uh, Fear the Con. Yeah, though, no, if I was really bold, I'd get onto one of the Happy Jacks Jacker Cons that the community runs, do a couple of midnight sessions with the... Uh, DT Pints, apparently a mad Alaskan crabber who can stay up forever because that's his job. Wow. Mad Alaskan, mad Alaskan crabbing gamer. I nearly said gamer crab, which, yeah, would make picking up the dice easier. (laughs) I really don't think it would, unless there were kind of foam. I was thinking the the little pinchers, but yeah, I guess. (laughs) That'd be a little sad trying to. If, if 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 the diameter of the um, the dice was a little larger, like click 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 click, just chasing across the yeah. playfield. Yeah. Oh come Dick. on, this is not fair. Could somebody give me a hand with this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, is that us? Do you think? I think so. Yes. All right. We've, we've battled the internet and rambled about Christmas, and we didn't even have to be drunk to be this incoherent. So, bar bar sucks. Bar humbug. Bar humbug. Definitely bar humbug. Bar humbug, bar humbug to you, competing podcasts who don't know we exist. Yes, 
Girl, we. <laughs> I, I'm just too too lazy to have a beverage on me at the moment, and you've just woken up, so yeah, it does make it a little bit unbalanced that way. Yes, yeah, it is. Um, I, I have learned a valuable lesson about what will and won't get through the do not disturb time block on my uh, cell phone. And yeah, it turns out that event notifications, at least on that setting, are on the will not. So I woke up about two minutes before recording time with a, oh shit. <laughs> this is what I have to put up with, people. <laughs> okay, so that's enough festive rambling. Um, I hope everyone has a merry festival and or Tuesday, whatever it falls on this <laughs> this year, uh, of, of your choice and uh, appropriate, appropriate local relevance. Indeed, yes. If it, yeah, if there is a holiday that you 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 celebrate or an event that you recognise, well, I hope it goes well. If there isn't, I hope you have a good time anyway. Indeed, even if your holiday is just neck all the eggnog, um, happy neck all the eggnog. <laughs> nice, I like it. Okay, goodbye from the big red couch for the this the year of our oh my goodness what the hell was that two thousand sixteen yeah. As we, we close out our last episode for 2016 and hope that 2017 has, well, less of 2016 in it. it. Yeah, something. Yeah. Let's hope it's a good one. Hmm, indeed. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!